Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta make love to this mic, man. <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to episode twelve of Blue Collar Fitness. We have a very special guest today, Rob Bezeta, a Nike World Headquarters Human Performance Optimization Expert, founder of Bezeta Bezeta Performance Systems. Bezada. Bezada. Bezada Performance Systems. You said you had it. You said you had it. <laughs> And you blew it. It's all good. It's all good. It's uh, it, it's very close. A, uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's fine. But uh, he's also one of the most uh, badass uh, mobility experts that I've ever <laughs> met. Um, so we'll get into all that. Uh, but first of all, just tell us a little bit about yourself. How would you get into fitness training? Like, go go back to the beginning. Oh, wow. All right. So um, I would say it started out. Um, Growing up, so my father was um, on the U.S. Olympic national team as a soccer player. So having that, uh, I'd say even just genetic makeup, it's at least ingrained in me. And then, of course, growing up with him, having the influence and the motivation to be athletic, you know, it was never anything forced upon my brother and I or anything. It was just there, you know, so it's like we should be learning and doing this, right? It was just kind of second nature. So... And it wasn't only soccer, but um, that's what my brother and I took up for the most part. Played soccer most of our lives, um, as long as we could. Um, And then, what's interesting now, um, being a trainer in the fitness industry, um, is that I pretty much played every sport I could get my hands on. I was never super committed to anything. You know, I was never like, I want to be a professional soccer player, a professional basketball player, which I think a lot of kids do. That was never of interest to me, to be a professional in anything. It was just, I want to try everything and I want to be athletic. So um, that kind of kicked everything off. Um, When I moved, thank you, sir. When I moved to Georgia um, in middle school, they had an ROTC program for kids that young, which I never thought twice about that being weird. Um, But (laughs) living on the West Coast now and out of the South, and realizing that you cannot do anything ROTC related until you're in college mm-hmm. and there's all this processing and mm-hmm. selection. We were learning military science and doing PT tests and field drills and drilling with rifles at lunch as a middle school student. That's fantastic. Which is cool. Dude, I love that. But, you know, you start thinking about it in hindsight and it's just that's how hard the military was pushed there. Was, you know, we're going to start influencing you from 7th and 8th grade. You know, we had to wear uniforms every Wednesday. Uh, while the kids were at lunch once a week, we're drilling with you know, real rifles, but they've just been cemented. <laughs> you know, like doing field drills, learning how to use compass. Uh, you guys are little badasses. Well, it's just interesting. You know, it was fun at that age, but I didn't realize how odd that was. Pretty well-rounded. You, that yeah. makes you, you, you learn a lot from that. Because I actually grew up a uh, military family, mm-hmm. and uh, my stepdad, uh, so we we lived close to Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. That's Georgia, and, too. And... Uh, and I was like five, six years old running the obstacle course. Wait, is Bragg in Georgia or is that Benning? No, that that is Benning is in Georgia, That's Fort right. Benning, Georgia. Yeah. And then uh, Fort Bragg is in North Carolina. Okay. 
and uh, I remember running the obstacle course. Yeah. And then and then there was another obstacle course uh, strictly for uh, special forces. Mm-hmm. And I was doing this as like a six year old. Yes. I was like, <laughs> this is so much fun, and everyone's like having difficulties and stuff, and I'm just watching people do it. It's just like mm-hmm. I feel like having that background kind of makes you more rounded and like more yeah. open to doing a lot of things. Yes. Yes. And you know, I, d- I didn't really put that together until moving back to or moving to Oregon, you know, being at a, you know, older age, high school student and asking about ROTC program and they just like looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, "Well, that's something you can do when you go to U of O or whatever." And you know, there's a whole process for that, and I was confused. You know, like, "Why aren't you doing that?" So, um, you know, my initial goals were to to go through the Navy, go into buds and go through SEAL training. And so that's what I was wanting to do. Very similar to yeah. Mr. Yeah. Trevor yep. Powers over here. That was, that was one of his. That was yeah. I actually uh, I actually enlisted and mm. broke my ankle, snapped my ankle, yeah. and they were like, "Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I hit the table." Like, stop hitting the table. Yeah, but the, I was like, "Man, I'm like aligning like get aggressive because Georgia and North Carolina right next yep. to each other, yes, and yes. then uh, and then the whole military thing, dude. Yep. I was I was all about that. Like yep. I, I wanted to go. Any special forces, I still kind of want to, but I don't think they'll accept me because my ankle, which is yeah, you can't even have like a hair out of place. Yeah, they'll drop you. It's from... just waiver after waiver, and then you have to do if if you do get selected, you have to you have to score top of the class in in anything physical. Yes, and yeah. I swim like a rock, so that's cool. <laughs> but that's um, most people. That's the big deciding factor. Yeah, yeah, it's the swimming. swimming. That's yeah. what makes it so different. It's wild. That is wild. Yeah. And see, I was swimming as I was in ROTC, swimming for the middle school. Um, And, you know, I always tell people if I had to recondition again for any of the sports I've played, because there's a lot of them, I'd probably fear swimming the most, just because it's, like, I haven't swam at that level for a long time, or just being competitive and working out in the pool. Yeah. And that would... That would put me down pretty quick compared to anything else that I've done. I know that for sure. Just because of the different nature of the sport, the breathing. And I wouldn't even attempt to chopper buds. I know I would fail all the swims. So. Yeah. So I, I, the first time I swam two miles, I was just like, I was so dead. And yeah. then they had us doing like pull-ups and runs after. And I was just like, yeah. this is, it's, I was like in heaven because I was just, I love working out. Yeah. But, oh my God, like you I've never out. worked out that hard like and I'm I'm a wrestler. Like I, I grew up wrestling. And that's and another insane sport. It, yeah, but doing doing that swim and then going into a full workout after, especially being a, a little nugget that sinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. that shit was hard. Yes. So that's that's wild. Yeah. yeah. It requires a lot of conditioning and you know mental fortitude too to be able to timing push through and be able to you know do swimming and then work out. Yes. And like when when they were telling you, they're like they kind of they were kind of taking it back when you were in high school in Oregon about going in, into the ROTC early. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you respond to that? Was that a time where you decided to pave your own path? Well, yes, exactly. So that's kind of where I was going with that. Is so that was the moment, you know, when I realized the rest of the world wasn't operating like that, or at least the U.S. You know, I thought that was a universal thing. I was young, didn't know. Um, so I I kind of just took that as okay. Well, I guess I wasn't that committed. Maybe I wasn't that into it as I thought I was, because when I got out of the environment, it was no longer available. I just, I guess I just kind of adapted. I mean, there was no choice. I could still want to go to the military. I could still train like I want to do it, but I didn't have the environment and the, and the motivation, the education, and, you know, 
to facilitate that and flourish in there. So I kind of just kept with the sports and, you know, the weight training classes and everything I could get my hands on. So from there, um, high school is mostly soccer, lacrosse, um, a little bit of mixed martial arts and, you know, um, rugby too, actually. And rugby I found out about kind of late, but it's probably the most short-lived sport I ever played because of the regiment and the age that you were able to play. Uh, but it's probably the most enjoyable sport. I, I absolutely loved rugby. I love watching rugby. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yes. It's like, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on, but this looks fun. Yes, it's just... Uh, it's very tactical. Yes. Yeah, it's nonstop action. Um, Even if you don't go to the military, there's, there's your combat right there. Yeah, see? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the other <laughs> thing, too, is it's like... Well, yeah, well, I mean, you can't beat wrestling or mixed martial arts as far as mimicking, you know, that sympathetic response of being in a fight or dealing with someone's body, right? Like, that's nothing can really mimic that. But uh, rugby was pretty close because unlike football, that's my argument, is you have no padding. I mean, we had to wear a mouth guard by, like, law just because, I don't know, maybe there had to be something. <laughs> like a cup or something? No, it's just, just a mouth guard. Uh, so you have to be very precise, right? You can't just be reckless. You can't just smash someone with your shoulder pads or lead with your helmet. Like, I mean, that's your head. False sense of security. Yes. False sense of that. I feel like there's actually a statistic that less people get head injuries in in uh, rugby than yeah. they do in football because that false sense of security of the helmet. You just think you're a missile. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. They're always hurting themselves. I, I got to intern... What? With the strength condition as a strength conditioning coach for Oregon State's rugby team for two years, and that's like, well, there goes another one. Sure, <laughs> I mean there was a, I think in football they did this too, but I mean there was always an ambulance at the game. I mean it's just right. it's just sitting there because it knows it's gonna, eventually it's gonna be needed. Right. Um, I think one of the only times I really actually saw the ambulance be utilized, it was just, yeah, really aggressive bad angle on a hit, guy just helicoptered and just like not moving. Oh <laughs> no. You know it's that's. I think there's definitely a difference between foot, or I mean, sorry, uh, rugby in the United States versus rugby anywhere else. Yes. Because there's there's like programs where they the kids grow up playing rugby. Yes. Whereas in the United States, kids grow up usually playing either either football or soccer, and then they go into rugby, and then they try to play rugby like they play football or soccer. And then yes. you end up with the upbringing sticking is. out of. Uh, yes, and that that's that's where that that. Uh, I feel like the injury statistic kind of gets a little skewed once you transfer that to the U.S. But versus like like the international rugby uh, statistic on on concussions versus the NB or I mean uh, NFL statistic on concussions, it's there's less in the in the international rugby versus. I'm sorry, I keep on tapping. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> Our producer is uh, yelling at me, scolding Trevor for his <laughs> for tap dancing, tap dancing with his hands on the table. Exactly. <laughs> I still love you. <laughs> I had a Red Bull. Okay, it was a mistake. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Rob, was yes. there was there a lot of um, lessons you learned as far as like movement quality and like you know the saying like movement is medicine that you would take away from the obstacle courses that the military training or rugby that you would take with you now with uh, being a trainer? Um, yes, of course. Just trying to think of the, the precise examples. But um, yes, and I think it was just, again, being, it was interesting being that young, you know, in middle school and having the protocols and the expectations that the ROTC program had on you. 
but I didn't have enough experience at that time to think anything else of it. But I mean, yeah, we were, you know, doing the mile and a half run, pull-ups, sit-ups, push-ups, wall sits, you know, instructors walking across your feet or walking across your thighs, you know, looking down at you, talking shit, and then going to the next oh, guy. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you start thinking. Wait, how old were you? Yeah, we were in middle school. And see, that's the thing is, I bet that program's not flying anymore. But, um, but you know, you had, I mean, that was, that was one of the classes in our four blocks of the day. I mean, you might have. Back in Georgia? Yes. So you might have math and then, you know, language arts. PE, and then you've got ROTC, and that's what was happening. That's how it needs to be. We, we need more of that. A little bit was fine. I mean, and it, I mean that, yeah, yeah. that gets you, again, I was just young, so I'm just kind of fortunate for it, but like, without you knowing it, that kind of primes you for many other things. Um, not only discipline and responsibility, but integrity, um, loyalty for sure. Um, it, just, it instills a lot of good traits. So yeah, I would say that, I mean, it, 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 work ethic. I mean, you know, and once you get those ribbons or whatever on your uniform, and once you get those acknowledgments, you want to keep them, maintain them, and get more. You know, there's like this constant it's cycle like of reinforcement. Of course. Integrity all the way. Of course. So once you yeah. got through the ROTC, you went into rugby, mm-hmm. what was next? Um, I mean, that was pretty much it because I played that through the end of high school. And what's interesting is... Uh, played it for two two seasons, two years, and so at that point you have the ability to play for like the men's leagues or whatever, but it's not the same, you know, because you're not traveling to like other schools and playing against them. It's kind of just whoever has men's leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to try out for the national level team, so our, our national rugby team uh, at the age of 18. So I was always old for my grade, so I, tur- I have a September birthday, so I'm turning 18 first week basically of senior year um so it allowed me to try out my buddy and i we both were able to try out and we both made it um but the thing is half the games are in canada mm-hmm. or there's travel involved my parents are like no way <laughs> um and even though i'm 18 i'm still under their roof so I was, <laughs> they're like no you know like we're not gonna support how much has to go into that the investment with the travel everything so there was the chance to play a little bit more uh, you know, at a higher level, but, um, yeah, it didn't work out logistically, and um, I, I wasn't so diehard about it either to really put up a huge fight. It was just kind of nice to have the acknowledgement, you know, just like, okay, that was cool. Like, I'm happy that I succeeded. I don't have to do anything else to prove, you know, so. Right, so you made it athletically, and then how did how did that lead later to, I know you were a trainer at the MAC, you were a mm-hmm. trainer at Nike now. Mm-hmm. Um, you worked with functional range conditioning for mm-hmm. a while. Um, how, how did that all play out? So when it came down to it, um, I mean, I was never big with school. So um, what I mean by that is very broad. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that go into that. But I, I also think that just I wasn't at the right age. And I don't think most of the population is at the right age to go to school and have the expectations placed upon them that we do, at least in the States. You know, where everyone's trying to be put on this assembly line. Um, by this age, you need to be here. This age, you need to be here. This age, you need to be here. By 17, 18, you need to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. If you're really fortunate, like, good for you. But most people do not. And they're like, sign this $60,000 loan. Yes. Get up later. Oh. And you don't, yeah, and that's the dirtiest part is when you have no... The brain ex- isn't fully developed. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. You have no experience to know that. Um, 
And I think the other part of that equation is that you don't know any better, and then your parents went through that same model and conditioning to think that that's what you should be doing, and it's not, in my opinion. Yeah, or or so, they or they like in my case, my parents didn't didn't go to school, and but they still pushed it because they they viewed it as this needed. this yeah this needed thing yeah. because, I mean maybe they're they're like kind of kind of pushing their their views on me, but it's just like sure. it's just like. I don't really know how that, uh, like, how does that ingrain in us so hard? I, is it just a, do you think it's just a social stigma that, that's just Yes, forced? it's a, you know, I have a bunch of spiels on systems, but I mean, it's one of the oldest, most successful systems, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our social life. Um, I mean, if you go back far enough, it's like this was a system that was brought on, like, around the Industrial Revolution. Like, before this, everyone was working farms and using your body all day and like working with your hands and like those are skills most people don't have anymore and i'm not saying we should still be doing that but that should still be i don't know that's like why we're here that should be like part of what you're doing at least move and go to the gym i mean that that supplements exercise is a supplement for what we should be doing exercise is medicine yes and um you know and it's at some point there was sorry at some point there was this need for or desire to Let's get the kids out of here, like almost like a daycare thing. Mm-hmm. Plus, we need some education because we need people to start working in factories, you know, and producing things. And so it was all this scenario of, like, we need to start conditioning workers. Um, and that still stands today. I mean, they're still trying to condition people to do things. That's wild um, to think conditioning about. Conditioning. That's so wild to think about. Factory yeah. work, you know. Like, yes. you go to take your break and then, at, you know, yes. at 11. And just and like you do when you're an adult at the factory, the same thing. And if you're a good boy in school and you follow all the rules and don't think for yourself, then you'll be a great worker. I almost <laughs> think You'll be a, a great subordinate. It, it almost makes sense that that this might may, might align with, uh, like, child, child labor laws. Like, how it's like, okay, kids aren't allowed to work in factories. And then they're at home. And then... And then parents were like, oh, shit, what do I do with this thing? Yeah. Like, no, I he, love this he, whole... He was, he was working in the, in the yeah. factory, and, like, now we got to send him to school somewhere, like, daycare. Yeah. The whole coronavirus thing has been a huge, like, revealing yeah. of just how conditioned everything is. You know, it's like Let's parents freaking out. A lot of these kids are getting their entire day's worth of school done in two, three hours. Why were yeah. they there for eight? Yeah, it's 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 partial daycare. I mean, it's partial to help things go. I mean, you need parents need to work too. I understand both sides. I love playing devil's advocate. I do it with everything. Yeah, yeah. I understand both sides, but I I I knew I was gonna like him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's I mean, there's there's necessity. I mean, you need to learn. You need to have some structure. You need to have like some buy-in. Someone needs to you know some skin in the game. Like Mm -hmm. you need to you need to know things and learn. And if you can't get that at home, that's fine. Um, and you need to socialize, and that's a big part of being a human. So it's like there are components that are needed, but it it, it doesn't equal B anymore. You don't just because you go to school doesn't mean you get a job. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it, because you go to school for economics doesn't mean you're going to work in economics. It's you know. So I had this roadblock at one point where I think I changed my major like four times. One year, first year I kind of floated through. Second year I was like, okay, I'm gonna start trying to narrow down. I think I went to my counselor like four times to help figure it out and the last time I went she's like okay everything you've wanted to go for it was like pre-med um everything was healthcare related because I knew I at least wanted to be in like the well-being or health and wellness field but I didn't know in what capacity but I at least knew that but again trying to like you know fit the square in the circle you know I'm like fuck 
trying to figure out, like, what am I going to learn? Because everyone else is telling me, not because I want to. So she's like, the best advice I can give you is all of these things point to human physiology. If you study human physiology, it will go into any of your outlets that you've been interested in over the past you know, year and a half of school or whatever. So that was great advice because I just took human physiology and plowed through. I liked everything I was doing. And that still was like a good, you know, one size fits all for everything I'm interested in. Right. And one, one thing that I've always respected about you is you said a while ago, trying to fit a square into a circle. Yeah. You literally see something and you realize it's not working. So you create ways. You're a problem solver. I have mm. seen and, and watched you problem solve things and create things to help people. That's mm. been amazing. And that's one of the neatest Thank you. things. And, and that's your gift. And that's your life purpose. I'm mm. going to come in and I'm going to see what, what's working, what's not. If it's not working, I'm going to improve it. And, yes. that, and that's where you've been very successful. Yes, thank you very much. And that, it's um, something else I like to say as far as philosophy of mine is like I'd like to be a divergent thinker. You know, so it's like mm -hmm. we're you tell someone how many ways can you use this paperclip, you know, the average person's like, you know, five to ten things off the top of their head, but you know, someone's divergent thinker might have like three hundred. You know, so it's like try to, you know, have a little bit of insight as to what you're doing, like what your journey involves. I think that's very important is to, you know, have a stand in it. You know, even if it's going against the grain or being unorthodox, you know. Because that's kind of what it takes. I mean, anyone that's anyone right now that everyone else knows about, it's usually because they've had moments like that in their life where they... And a lot of people probably told, told them they couldn't or didn't think they could, and, and they just they went for it. They, yes. They took a chance on themselves. Yes. And, and one thing you have is just an incredible support system. I mean, yes, you, that also helps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> makes I, things easier. I, I think that's a thing where the world can come at you, and you're like, "Come at me, bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, you got your brother, your parents. You know, yes. you've got the, the most incredible wife in the world. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and 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 not only that, but your clients. Yes. Your clients adore you, mm -hmm. and they would stand behind you, and, and and things like that. So that's that's definitely makes it easy. To, yes. To be a a trendsetter. Yes, yes, and I, I think it's, I mean, awareness is one of my biggest, like, axioms or whatever. Like, you, you have to have, like, awareness for everything, whether it's schooling or other forms of, like, coercion, like, what people are trying to get you to do. Like, be aware of things, and it just means kind of stepping out so you get a broader scope, mm. a, a bigger view of things. But That's you, a good point. But that you is don't, a very good point. But that should be with everything. Yeah. I mean, it is, and, and it's not always negative. It's just... Do you understand like what's happening right now? And that's why you Always. play devil's advocate all the you, time. You like to pull yeah. back, see both sides, and then yeah. form your own opinion yes. on what's going on. Yes, I respect that a lot. Yeah, I always play both sides because then you don't, you know. To me, it's like if my whole spiel was just being against school, it's like you sound like some type of like anarchist or like some <laughs> kid that doesn't want to work. It's like yeah, but it's also because I understand both sides, and I understand the arguments people can have, and that's fine. It's not that they're untrue. It's just. You know, this is my this is my sight of it, and if you ask for it, then that's why. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not gonna talk about it. It's not necessary. It's very uh, libertarian of you. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just a I'm a mix of just like everything. I like uh, there's not there's no, not always cool. an absolute for you know whether it's training or life in general like no or having your kids go to school. And anyone that speaks in absolutes, you should be careful with. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> Especially yeah. training. I mean, be, being able to be a divergent trainer, being, yes. able, being able to be adaptable, 
Yeah. I mean, a big part of being a trainer, which I, I see with you, is like you're a problem solver. And you're, you're an inventor. Like you're a creator. And you know, with a you know your company, like you're, you're able to create your own systems. Like, would you say that that was a big philosophy with you, and also with the FRC? Because I understand that's a, that, that, that excuse me that those guys are really um, unconventional. Mm-hmm. How did you get tied yes. with Dewey and, and everybody over there? Uh, so you have to remind me of your question too, because I'm gonna try to answer them both. I'll probably go down another. Yeah, it was a long question. It was a it was a drawn out question. Keep me on the rails. Um, So first off, with the functional range conditioning at Kinstretch stuff. So at Nike, we had we used to have. um, That's a whole other thing. We used to have a good opportunity for like continuing education, and there used to be this budget and propulsion to do so. You know, to like share. That's what we should be doing. Um, So there used to be this scenario of you know every few months or so there would be an offering you know one week it may be or month it could be at fms or it could be whatever whatever's out and popular right now um frc came around and i didn't always apply they, they want you to apply you know send in a, a page of why you deserve it and they give out like three to five spots it's not just for everyone um and i, I didn't apply very often but i saw frc and i was like okay i took a look at it and read it and i was like you know it takes a lot for me to, like, actually subscribe and believe in people's work anymore. Like, it's just, mm. there's just so much garbage. And, I mean, social media and everything is great, but it just also just makes the, it opens the floodgates even more. And so, you know, I, I looked into it and I was like, I watched their content. I looked at all their private stuff. I was like, these guys seem in alignment with how I think is, or, or where I would want to be. Like, they're... They're forging their own path. It's stuff that is slightly unconventional because most people aren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Like, what is mobility? People think they know about it. Um, how to properly do it. Um, a lot of their stuff seemed like almost taboo. It was like stuff that people aren't doing. And I was like, yes, this is the stuff. So, um, Like, you know, do the splits and then twist your leg behind your head. and then Yeah, if you have the range, if you don't work it. <laughs> Yeah, and so and so that's the thing. It's totally normal. This dude's at the Mac, you know, and then yeah. he's like, you know, I've seen the like videos, a, man. Like you know, you got kettlebells over his head, and there's like a pistol squat to the ground, and then some like animalistic move to the left. Oh yeah, dude. Like you'd have, you would have. I don't know if you knew, but there'd be like six trainers like down the hall, like what, taking notes. <laughs> I saw that that what was that movie? That, that was very. That was really impressive. But you know, it's it's. You know, everyone has their different focuses, right? So it's like, I always want to have, like, something new. It's not always about, like, what's the newest fad, but it's like, what's the new relevance? Or, like, what's the new, what's the next step? And to me, those guys are, and they pretty much are. I mean, now they're with a lot of major sports teams. Um, You know, and and so they just kind of resonated with me. And then, you know, they came to Nike. I was awarded one of the spots. Um... Went through the certification, got to know them personally. We kept in communication, and then they launched Kin Stretch. So Kin Stretch is like the next stage. So there's FRA, Functional Range Assessment, which is like for practitioner uh, practitioners, manual therapists, people that get their hands on people for like assessment status um, or means. And then FRC is Functional Range Conditioning. That's like okay, once we do FRA, now how do we open up ranges? How do we start to build strength? capacity, understanding, awareness. Um, and then kin stretch is like, let's take it a little further and start to actually make like movement sequences. Or, you know, it goes pretty far into 
what you learned in FRC. So it's mandatory that you do one before the other. So when they were coming back, you know, I instantly was, you know, talk, <coughs> excuse me, talking with management, and I was like, I went in on that. Um, you saw my first submission. It's the same. Like, let me in on this one. So I got in on that one, too, um, and that was a more narrow group, you know, because they, again, were only offering so many spots, and you had to be already accepted from functional range conditioning. So that was the next step, and I already kind of had an innate interest in mobility before it was, like, titled or before it had whatever it has now. Um, Kelly Sturette, I think, is made Yeah, so he was, I mean, he was huge for it because he made it a modality, something that people focused on. But before that, it was not sexy, especially for a male, <laughs> yeah. to, to have it's, mobility. It's become kind of one of those buzzwords in fitness. Yes, and uh, the more buzzy it gets, the more I don't want to use it, which is why I don't like titles. Right. <laughs> what, what I like about the FRC is... Um, I was studying that recently, and mm -hmm. I applied a lot of that information. And I want to become, you know, a practitioner or certified. Yes. And he described it being a thought process, and I feel like just knowing you, Rob, so far, like the thought process. It's, he's like, it's not my certification; it's, it's a thought process. Like, yes, thinking about how the body works. Like, yeah, you need to know the biology of the human body. Yes. And there's a lot of great content here. Yes. And, yes. And, and I think one thing that you do that's different than other trainers that I've met is. You have the knowledge and you bring everything into the physical, but you also bring the spiritual into the physical. And yes. that is what you bring into your fitness and you bring out to your clients. And mm -hmm. I think that's your greatest gift. Yes, that's a, a very important part, no matter what spiritual means to you. Right. Um, it's just that ethereal connection to what you're doing. And that's all things. I mean, it should kind of resonate everywhere. Yeah. Anything you do, whether you're sitting here and... Just a full being sure. involvement in, in yes. what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't have that, I mean, that's how it's very easy to tell what's good and bad for you. <laughs> um, it makes the selection process pretty easy. But that's, uh, you know, I, I tell people when I was in, you know, high school weight training and all that stuff I, that I would always just kind of stretch in general. Whereas most people were not. Everyone's, in, you know, bench press and curls and, you yeah, know, right it's away. like 30 minutes yeah. of weightlifting in, in your, you know, janky school gym. Right. With you very can, minimal coaching, although we had a really good coach. You can scratch like the middle of your back with your big toe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but you know, I was always just kind of stretching. I, it, to me, it just always made sense. Like it's almost like you know, I should probably be releasing as much as I'm contracting. That's kind of like the way that I thought about it. And it wasn't until later on where I kept doing that type of work just on my own because I wasn't really educated in how should you stretch properly. Um, I just kind of did what I felt was good or what resonated with me, what made me feel better. Um, and then that's the whole other reason that, you know, the FRC was appealing to me is because it's like, okay, someone's actually put this into a system now and no one else is doing it. Like I went in on that. So that's kind of where it all stemmed from. Um, but I didn't just start from zero. You know, I had been doing it for a while, just kind of on my own. I need to take the kin stretch next, man. Yeah. The FRC was, it changed changed a lot for me and then mm -hmm. you helping me last year yes just personally go over like a personalized program helped me out a lot too so yes i think i think it helped my my hip rehab tremendously so well yeah it seems like i mean you've you've come leaps and bounds <laughs> from I've last time i saw you <laughs> yeah so i mean something's working something something's go everything um, everything's right? working um, um it's a it's a tribe of it takes a tribe of to, course to rehab a, a hip so yes Yes. That's awesome. So, uh, 
it makes sense that you've been stretching since high school because <laughs> of the videos, man. It's so wild that that you can have you can have uh, so much strength at the end range of motion, mm. and that's like that's kind of unheard of. And a lot of people, I I remember like uh, high school and stuff. Um, I didn't have a good good strength coach, and it was it was a little more interesting. Like not not stretching, not not doing stuff, just getting warmed up and then just getting into it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it, it makes so much more sense now. Like after being a trainer and after it's like man, like all the stuff that that a lot of people were doing um, in high school and, and whatnot. It's just like it's just crap. It's just yeah, that's crap. the unfortunate part. And it's like you said with rugby and, and all that. It's like it depends on where it's being implemented. In other countries, I think they do much better. Um, but it's here. We break our athletes here. Well, the, well, it's not even just the athletes. It's just honestly, it's like anything that is innately super like vital to being a human. They're taking out of school. So PE, you know, physical education, any movement that you should be getting during the day, which is still not enough, by the way, mm. is being taken out. The arts, you know, are being taken out. Like your creativity, your flow state, the things that, you know, make you adaptable and creative and feel alive i mean even if you don't love it i mean at least you're doing something and you're like getting cerebral with something that is not typical school like you need to have like some dynamic up there but those things are slowly like dwindling music like any of that stuff is being taken out you know and it's just like the math and science whatever there goes your play um you know like one of the first exercises i learned was a calf raise and a tricep dip on a on the bleachers and I went home and did it myself, and you know, of course you learn how to play and you know yeah. have social skills and play with kids. But like, that's when I first you know first became a musclehead. <laughs> yes, <laughs> was from PE, you know. Yes, physical education. That's important. Yes, and that's the thing is even if you don't completely jive with it and carry it on throughout your life, like at least they tried. You know, like mm-hmm. there was always the people right that would sit out or have like the weird doctor's note that said some shit on it that you know I get to sit out, or I'm not showering so you don't get the points that whatever. At least they tried. I think that's what I can say for our school system now is, like, at least they're trying. Mm-hmm. Right. But, I mean, that's something I would love to, you know, share, you know, is, like, go to schools and, you know, not to, like, try to be better than the coach or anyone, but just to, like, you know, help along with, like, that type of education. You know, I would never be a math teacher. <laughs> but, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, movement and how important it is and why. physical education involved. Yes. I mean, but it could be anything. I mean, it could be in, like, I think about it with, like, the healthcare workers, too constantly on their feet and busting their ass whether there's a pandemic or not my wife's a nurse constantly busting her ass like doing stuff that most people wouldn't do for like a million dollars a year um and there's very little break throughout the day you know i mean and most people don't have a break but that's another thing you've been conditioned to do is work hard and don't complain right Mm. that makes you a great subordinate great worker bee yes but you should, you know, that your health is the expense. So it's, you know, it's not always about exercise movement. There's a spiritual side, right? So switch over, you know, from being sympathetic all day, freaking out, fight or flight, to a little more parasympathetic, slow down, breathe, focus on some things that matter, just a little bit of a break, some down regulation, and then go back. But that's like what school to me is like, the issue with that is it's all down regulation it's just like you know and then if you're too hyperactive whatever they put you on john meds yes 
because you don't sit still or you don't want to listen. It's like, because I want to fucking move. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's, you know. I, I could do a whole episode on my hatred of that alone. Yeah. No, you need to sit in the chair for eight hours and listen to this boring shit. Have your hips get real stiff. Yes. We're going to start you young. Your ankles yeah. are like, going to get stiff. Sit in the chair. Your back's going to be rounded. Yep. For eight hours a day. Yeah. Just like a work day. Get, just get, get used to Get it. used to sitting yeah, in a chair because that's what we're going to do to you when you're done with this. It's twisted, and the food is shitty. Yeah. Very, so very you feed them terrible food. You have them sit all day. Tater tots and pizza and <laughs> mac and cheese. Soda. Yeah, and you have them and sit all day. milk. Don't exercise. No well, wonder we're obese. jellies. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. just... And it doesn't take a lot. I mean, it, it wouldn't have to be that expensive. It might be a little more expensive than what they're doing, but fuck. Like, <laughs> everyone would be so much better off. Right. You and you'd have you better... still have the social component of school. Yes. And then you can you could spend less time there. We've shown this in the pandemic. They yeah. can still get their social component. They can be able to go out and do other things. You know, yeah. like I've talked to you about this with uh, the gymnastics girls. Mm-hmm. It's it's terrible. Like they're they're up at six to be at school by on the bus so they can get it to school by seven thirty. Yep. And then they sit all day, and they have like some super cruddy lunch. And then they show up at the Mac at three, mm-hmm. and then they work out with till me like seven. Till, yeah, till seven, and then they come <laughs> down and tra- train with me. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, you're supposed to train these girls from seven to eight yep. and like make them stronger." And I'm like, uh, "These girls haven't eaten since eleven a.m." So yeah. I, I was like, "Okay, well, what we're gonna do we're gonna do um, snack." Bring a snack. You're going to take 10 minutes of my... And then you shouldn't be working depending on the snack. Right. My 16, <laughs> of my 16 minutes I have with you per week, yeah. I'm going to give you 10 minutes to eat a snack because you haven't eaten since 11 a.m. And yeah. then... And then you should go home and do homework. Right. And then you should go home so and do home, homework. So you're not going to sleep. Homework. Right. So then... Right. So they're... I'll <laughs> wake up and do it all again. Exactly. Yeah. And then wake it up and do it again. It. So they're sleeping like five hours a night. Yeah. And they're not eating. And they're training like four or five hours a day and then sitting in a chair... That's cramped the rest of the day, and then we're worried about uh, wondering why they're getting injuries. Yeah, like yeah, geez, the bodies man, are like, stressed as kids. And that's Super what I was stressed. telling you. You it know, shouldn't when, be at no. fourteen. You shouldn't no. be that stressed no. when they first approached about having that. You know, they called it the strength and conditioning influence. You know, like you know, they're the coaches of you know the repertoire, the you know the gymnastics coaches. They know that way better than I ever will because I never did that. But I understand. The athleticism necessary enough to, to teach it so right. you know th- 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 I had the same reaction you know they're like oh we want to you know I'd love to have them lifting some weights and some Olympic weightlifting and I was like I mean that's gonna take years all these people and then you have one platform and I'm not gonna throw them into it yeah there's not the facility for it um, they don't even necessarily really need that but it's I didn't want to get cool. into all of it it's cool <laughs> But it just increases, yeah. So it's, you know, so my first take was, okay, let me watch them for like a week just so I can see what they're doing. Right. So I just kind of was flying on the wall, and I realized that really quickly. So they're working out for four hours. They're overtrained. Most of them are injured in some way. And so my proposal was I'd be happy to work with them, but on my conditions. So I want to introduce a different style of work. I want it to be mostly recovery or I don't want to use the wrong words, you know, because then they have like a connotation that goes with Those it. parents and the coaches want me to be training abs and doing conditioning. And yeah. Can you do more abs? They need their abs to show. I'm like, okay. So it turned into like a good cop, bad cop. I could totally tell because like they'd be done with their sessions with their coaches 
And then they were excited to come with me, you know, because it's, you know, we're going to dim the light, going to do very specific type of foam rolling. So I have a whole thing on that, but very specific type, um, mostly focusing on spine. Then we go through all the joints. They become aware of, like, how janky stuff is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sticky, cruddy, sore, painful. And even though they are going through full, near full range or maximal end range doing their motions, it's because there's momentum and they're in a moment and there's, you yeah, know. flexibility, not mobility. But they're not thinking about it. Yes, exactly. Flexibility, not mobility. So they need to increase the mobility, which is the, the strength component of flexibility. So having both, um, especially in gymnastics. So they were like, okay, we'll try it. But they weren't like happy about it. You know, but then afterwards. I mean, if they were getting eight hours of sleep every yeah. night and you had six platforms. Yes. And, and they, they were eating. Eating yes. food. Yeah. And also just the training age, too. You, you know, you talk about training ages, like how many years have they been active in not just gymnastics, but like in weightlifting, the training age is like zero. So it's like even if you're an athlete, your training age is zero. Right. So teaching you, you might have some coordination, you know, elevated abilities because you're a gymnast, but throwing weight overhead in a snatch or catching a clean, and doing, these things are very different. And you have to start weighing, like, is it worth spending the time and the neural work, which they're already overexpended on. So, I mean, we're, it, you know, the Mac's been closed, but um, we worked all the way up until, you know, pandemic and everything happened. And, and so we, we, we kept going for years, you know, and it's been great. But it, it took a little shift in what they were expecting. Because yeah. yeah, it's like the last thing you're going to do is beat them up more. You, you just have to nudge. A little bit because these kids are just stressed and overworked and it has, it has to be re rehabilitated and then yeah. you take the last 20 minutes and get them sweaty so their parents yeah, like, we oh, did, yeah you know yeah we moved into doing some, some stuff strength, do yeah. some strength stuff and yeah right. but yeah, yeah after you get their their body right get get yeah. their body in the right like like you said the little creaks and like yeah I bet it's lower back and a lot of a lot of hips and knee stuff because yeah. all the the compaction from, from their sport yeah shoulders wrists. it's just yeah. pretty much every single joint and it's just it's like how how can you how can you expect them to perform at such a high level if yeah. they're not taking care of their body yeah and there's also i mean it's the education component too and i know every coach can't do everything but it's like i mean i firmly believe that if you have a set of athletes like they need to you need to try to get them on the same level as you like even if they're 10 like get them to understand why I'm telling you to do this, you know, why you should do it. You have to have buy-in or no one wants to do it because otherwise it's just this weird abstract thing. But it's got to be like, hey, when I was your age, I wish I'd <laughs> I learned this. Mm -hmm. Classic quote of when I was your age, right? right? But it's so true. It's like, I'm trying to jumpstart you. You don't realize it right now because I know how it is to be 10, but, you know, you got to get the buy-in. And they need to understand. You have, so, to, you have to identify with them in some way and, and yeah. make them realize that you're human too. Yes, and then figure out what why they're there. Yeah. And every athlete has a different why. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you know, there's awesome books like by Brett Bartholomew, mm -hmm. conscious coaching, and you can see all these different archetypes of these different athletes. Mm -hmm. And figure out what that athlete's why is, and then tie what you're doing right now back to his why, and you have buying every time. Yeah, and that's the hard part with team sports is you've got to know all of them. And I've seen it done very well and very poorly. But practice. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. So if people want to uh, learn your system, mm -hmm. how can they contact you? Um, 
and and what you know give give people an idea of what your system is and, sure. and what they're going to learn. Sure, sure. So, uh, could do several podcasts on that, but let's do a series. Uh, we will definitely do yeah. more podcasts. Yeah, we'll just, one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just do like a yeah, very elevator. Speech. Brief. Yeah, very 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 brief look, but it's um. Essentially, the way I took it was, so this all started out, my, my wife and I spent our honeymoon in Italy. I happened to have a friend there from high school who's in the fitness industry. Um, I hit him up, you know, like, maybe we can visit, you know, see you. Yeah, of course, you know, and he t- starts talking to me about his work, and he's like, hey, you want to, like, you know, we could do, like, an event or, you know, like, a seminar, and I had been doing little things like that locally. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So spent two of the days doing a impromptu seminar with like literally no navigation. It was just like, you know, I was like, hey, tell me some things that you think your gym is interested in, whether it's the clients, the trainers, the people that are coming from the outside community. What are some topics? And he threw like 10 at me and we just covered all of them. So it was very spitfire, but very successful and everyone enjoyed it. And there's not much happening there like that. Was that because maybe your Nike world trainer had Nike World Headquarters trainer like title carried some weight or was it because your friend talked you up? How so I, th- I mean, I, th- I think that's always going to carry, I mean, titles are always going to carry some weight, right? But they also right. carry connotation, whether that's good or bad. And I think it's great to be, you know, working where I am and doing what I'm doing right. and being affiliated with everyone I've ever been affiliated with. But I'm not, that's not my identity. Uh, it's part of what I do. And if you think that's badass, great. But it's more about, that's why I kind of, I, I, I wanted to do my own system. It just kind of all worked perfectly because it's like I don't want to, like, I kind of want my own space, right? You don't want to be the FRC guy or the Nike guy. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and FRC is great, and so is Nike. I mean, of course. But, like, I just kind of wanted my own, like, niche. And so after that seminar, the owner that hosted us, he was like, this is, like, the feedback's been awesome, like, he wanted, he's like, we got to go to dinner tonight and let's talk about it. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> but I, I was like, this is, you know, it's not going to happen. Like most things, you know, nothing's going to happen. He's just excited. And he was like, he's like on top of it business-wise. And so that's the thing. I had a, we had a perfect team of like people that were trainers that were interested. But then we also had the guy that was more on the business side of things. He wasn't really in the athletic industry. He was, mm-hmm. he's on the business side. So we need that. But he was the one that was like, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, if you can make that happen... I'll show up, like, and that's how we could do it. That that's he, he did everything he said he was gonna do. He's like, we've got these gyms interested in four different parts of Italy. So I went back in February. Um, so I skipped a little bit, but so he was like, what I suggest you do is try to make your own certification system or process. And again, I hate titles, so I was like, certification. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, that's fine, if because people like that. They w- they want to feel like they got something for being there. Yes, and you get what you're supposed to get while being there. <laughs> you, you don't need the paper. Same with school. So it's, you know, it's it's like. <laughs> I love you. Well, I, well, just, I, we have the same thought process. Yeah. But it's it's the self education too. So like for me, it was like the self education is the most important. So I'm gonna try to share with people what's. M- what's developed my philosophy and, and my approach to training that you're not typically going to learn in school. So that's the thing. Everyone knows the, the basics. So I, I start with that, the basics, the foundations, what is the system, a little bit of anatomy, physiology as a system. Keep building, keep building, keep building. But then it's like if I were to tell someone or, or claim someone as being like 
you're a Bazada Performance Systems coach or someone affiliated with me, mm -hmm. what would I want you to know? It's like the kids we're talking about. I would want to impart as much of myself on you so that you can decide for yourself, but I want to give you all the equipment necessary, the means necessary to like reflect what I was trying to, to teach, right? So it's take it or leave it. This is my philosophy. This is what you signed up for, right? So it starts with uh, system science and general systems theory and like basis of systems, how do these work, because you have to know that. And then we start talking about like um, one of my other big things is uh, valuing constraints over objectives. So a lot of people are objective-based mindset. It's all about getting to Z from A by any means necessary versus how do I tackle each of these obstacles that are obstructing my path, whether it's a PR or whatever. You can't just lift more weight. You can't just run faster. You have to like, Dang what it. is the fucking problem? Is it your sleep? Is it your nutrition? Is it, and then those things go way deeper. But it's, what's the actual constraint? Like, what are the things that are holding you back? And it doesn't matter what your objective is. It's great to have an objective, but you have to have a plan to get from A to Z. You don't go A to Z, you know, in one step. Right. So that's, like, my next spiel is, like, okay, identifying constraints. What are those? Give some examples in a workout. Do some practical work. Um, and then what you start to realize pretty quickly is the most people's largest constraints right off the bat, if they're doing general athletics, it's typically breathing and mobility, is, is in my opinion. Right. So it's breath pattern, um, knowing how to upregulate or downregulate, even being responsive and aware of your breath. You know, because every response you have, whether it's mental or environmental, there's like a breathing pattern that comes from that. So if I came in here after something unfortunate, like I'm going to have like a respiration rate from that. And I'm going to be kind of like jumbled, you know, unless I can understand that, which most people don't. They just kind of are a slave to it, drag through life. Mm. But you can totally control a lot of these things. And then you get a lot of other philosophical, you know, or spiritual insight from it as well. So the breathing thing is a big rabbit hole on its own. We go through all of that, the whys, the hows. Um, and then we go into the mobility, which is another, you know, the next rabbit hole, go through mobility, whys, hows, um, and then we kind of combine those. And then the, the second level takes everything a little bit further. We start talking about... These are two different seminars. Yes. So there's, we're, right now we're at three levels. So level one is breathing and mobility. Yeah. Yeah. In a broad sense. Essentially. Yep. And then, um, and systems, like understanding systems, because that's what I'm saying we are, right? We're trying to... You know, uh, fashion a system here from a scaffolding, right? So it's trying right. to trying to teach that, um, and then level two just kind of compounds on that. You know, we kind of continue to to go into other things. We start talking about strength, power development, um, awareness. We talk a little bit about nutrition integration with your nervous system. I mean, we just start talking about all these different layers. So just keep peeling back the layers, um, more on constraints and objectives how to apply the mindset, um, some deeper things on like emotion, um, developing grit, knowing how to turn on and off, like uh, just, we just keep compiling. Sounds like a very comprehensive system. Yeah, and it takes a long, t <laughs> it takes, I need more time than, um, than we put into it, but I kind of rip through everything, which is always unfortunate. Right, and it, but, it, I yeah. think that's a great certification because 
So you can't just times. cut it off. There's a huge list, right? Right. Like, so Tell many. me why you're you. Exactly. Like, exactly. And there's so <laughs> many certs out How there. How long you got? Yeah. I go to the thing for the weekend, and I'm like, <clears throat> I really didn't learn anything that I can use. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, just the breathing thing. Most athletes, most people are chest breathers. And mm. worse mouth breathers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you can teach someone just how to get out of sympathetic yeah. and into parasympathetic, mm-hmm. then you can also start to teach them how to brace their core properly. Yeah, if, and it's, if, yeah. If they don't know how to be- breathe into their belly, how are they going to do a deadlift properly? Yeah, everything else starts to make sense. It's right. So that's the foundation. But see, everyone is. That's one of my favorite quotes that I actually said in my last seminar in Italy. It just kind of came out, but it's like, the basics are the new advanced. And it's right. because of that scenario. Everyone wants to get to Z too quick. I want to deadlift. Mm. I want to snatch. I want to do muscle-ups. Whatever the fuck. Like, whatever. I want a six-pack. Yeah, show me how to do it. Right. Okay. I can do it. That does not mean you can do it. And don't start trying. There's you have 26 to, steps. You have to start here. What are the constraints, right? Like, what, what is the problem? Do you have the mobility prerequisites? Do you have the strength and power prerequisites? Do you have the coordination stability? all this stuff for these movements and then also do you even need to do it <laughs> do you even need to do it is it necessary or do you just want to like hot dog on instagram yeah right, right. most Maybe people in, peacocking or, yeah. Yeah. well yeah it's just like what's your object what's your obje- objective yeah or, yeah exactly and adju- yeah we want an objective but then we have to follow some rules you know of like getting you there properly and with all your limbs you know so it's like so yeah it just it kind of turned into something where it was if i'm if i'm having to teach a group of people how i would prefer to do things and i hope they agree then that list is like exponential so i'm trying to condense it down that was the hardest part is put it into three lo- we were thinking like oh maybe four or five and it's like i don't even want to go that far because i'm trying to cut myself down <laughs> right so it's like if we think about needing more later on then sure so how do they find you you know if uh instagram oh, yeah. see website. i go down <laughs> um so on instagram it's riggest one which is r-i-g-g-e-s-t-1 okay um the show notes <laughs> and then uh that's like you're gonna see friends and family cocktails and food workouts <laughs> follow the guy you're gonna see some cool cool and, workouts and then you'll too. see some other stuff but then I have Bazada Performance Systems, all one word, on Instagram as well. And that's something I started just fairly, you know, uh, recently compared to the first account. And that's all just like the fitness-based stuff. So I realized that's probably something I should start doing, is having one place if that's all people want. And then the other Instagram to me is more genuine. You're going to get like a little more of the actually human. <laughs> um, Real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see, Yeah. So, but I know some people have like this, you know, they follow someone for this thing. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll respect that. God, just your food posts alone are worth following. Yeah, well, I kind of slowed down on that. <laughs> I, I haven't been as bad. If you go back a few years, it was bad. I saw your Instagram a couple of years ago. I, do, I say those for stories now. So watch and the I was stories. like, how does this guy not have more followers? My Instagram is nowhere near as cool. <laughs> so you, you guys got to go follow him. Uh, Bazada Performance Systems. All this personal too. <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, quotes. One of my buddies that he's a fellow trainer at Nike. He's like, "You're the most underrated guy on Instagram." Really? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Well, thank you." But I see. But it goes back to that objective versus constraint thing. I I could care less about having the 
the followers tally mm -hmm. that so many people are like caught up in. It's like you got to feed this fucking monster every day or you start, you know, or something's going to happen. It's That's like, a great way to put it. It's just feeding a monster. Yeah. And, it's, and you are also a monster. So it's like you got to like start, you know, I want to help as many people as possible. If I can actually help as you know, a million followers, great. And you will see no difference in my like whatever I have now, like fourteen hundred <laughs> or three million. Right. There would be like no it, difference. I'm not going to start shorting you, or yeah, or doing advertisements or just posing. Like I'm gonna like I, I want to continue to help. Yeah. And as long as that stays intact, that's fine. So if I have fourteen hundred followers that are like dedicated, they love it, and they're getting something out of it, I'm happy. If I have a million that just want to see eye candy or Right. Random workouts that they're never going to do. Then <laughs> I don't We're care. shouting you out right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's just like your Facebook page. Again, it's a lot of your family. Yes. Like, my husband hates reading your stuff on Facebook <laughs> because I'm always like, why can't you be like him? <laughs> you know, because you, you, you write, Jillian, the, the poems and, and the things that you say to her. Yes. Uh, you're one of the most romantic poets <laughs> with, uh, ever. And, and it's just, well, thank it, you. It, it, it's amazing. Um, That's something else I need to get more in tune with again because. The heat of that, when I was getting all the heat for it, was when, I, when we first met, obviously, and I, we, our life was very different. Now we are busy as hell. I can barely post workout things. More so, you know, sitting down to write something well thought out for my wife. Yes, a three-year-old and a, and a five-month-old. Busy man. You know, so it's like, now I don't have as much time. But when I do write for her now, I've got a nice old typewriter. Like it's, you know, so I actually do it on there versus electronically. More personal. It's a little more personal, yeah. right? But it's, it's hit and miss anymore compared to what it used to be. But well, yes, I enjoyed that, you know. But but it's even like your son's birthday was a couple of days ago. Yeah. And I grew up without a really strong father presence. So when I read what you wrote for your son, it mm -hmm. was just like, Jesus, man. I had a couple but, people inbox me. They're yeah. like, I'm crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Like, well, so it was, was that. It was amazing. It's touching. Yeah. The, the biggest thing with you is everything you do comes from your heart. And, mm -hmm. and you, you bring your emotion, your spirit, your soul, everything into everything you do. And mm -hmm. that's why you're so successful. And that's why you're real, mm -hmm. authentic. Mm -hmm. um, I hope, I, I pray that you come back for more episodes. Oh, yeah. Because Anytime. literally, this has been a great, great night for us. One last yeah. question. I love it. So we haven't even... We haven't even brushed the frost on the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> One so last question. We're so I wanted to ask this because I, I mean, I, I'm kind of aspiring, like seeing your, like you, you inspire me, man. Well, thank you. And, I appreciate that. that that's I'm, all I I'm engaged. care about is I'm having engaged. the relationship. That's my, that's my fiance over there. How do you find, <laughs> how do you find that balance, wait, that wait. balance to like your spread, your spread out? all over the place you mm -hmm. have so much involvement in everything that you do mm. how do you how do you find that balance to to keep yourself sane yeah. and and your family happy and like everything just so it's it's incredible it is it's hard um but again i, I mean humans were we're here because we adapt <laughs> we evolve adapt we're really fucking good at it or we'd be gone um and uh, where do i even start with this so I think foundationally, it's having a partner that understands what you're involved in, right? Like your your line of work. You know, I'm not. It's not super demanding. I'm not like dying every week, but you know, it's understanding that the nature of your partner's work, um, how that bleeds into their daily life. So I'm not just someone that spews instructions at someone. I I'm taking the meds too. So you know, I'm, I'm practicing what I preach. I'm doing what I what I what I teach people to do. 
um, for myself too because I believe in it. So I need time to be able to do that as well, right? So she understands that completely, and You're the she. Most incl- important client of your day. Yes. Yes, Ooh, exactly. That's a good way. To yeah, there you go. That's incredible. Um, and and you know how she understands that, and was also she's also involved in it. So I mean, she works out as often as she can too. She's got three shifts on in a row, a week, thirteen-hour shifts, end up being closer to fourteen. Um, then just she's got some time off. After doing that. superhero work, yeah. But then she's got four days off. But today's her first day off from three. She, yeah, she's at home, you know, taking care of the kids. And But I did the three days in a row where she's always like, I don't know how you do it. Like, and it is rough. It's really fucking hard, but it's also incredibly rewarding and it's beautiful. It's kind of the nature of everything. Um, and her, her work, I know that, I mean, I couldn't be paid enough money to do the, the stuff that a nurse does. There's just no way. I couldn't God do bless it. bless them all, man. I couldn't Seriously? do it. And, uh, yeah. You know, so I know that, you know, she's obviously gone for a very, very good reason. But right when she gets back, then she wants her time to be able to work out, which of course. But then I, I have like one day a week where I get to, you know, I just, I nerd out on my computer. I learn. Because that was one of the hardest parts of the whole pandemic hit was that I didn't realize how much I was actually taking time to myself to continue learning, right? So I'm, you know, in between clients or being at work for a couple hours with a gap. I'm going to be on my computer learning, watching, reading, doing something because I always want to stay on top of what's going on. Yeah, and you have to do that or else you're going to stagnate um, very quickly or you're going to forget things that are important. Don't understand people that don't like that. Yeah, and so, but I was doing that constantly, so I was kind of in the groove. But the pandemic hit and I was like, at first I was like, yes, this is fucking awesome. Like, it didn't work for like, it was like two or three months at the time, and I was like, all right, well. Now I'm starting to like feel weird, like <laughs> and like I don't know if I can can I train people anymore? Like I don't know, uh, you know. So I was like, I was doing my own stuff in the garage. It's not the same, uh, but you know, it's it's we we did what we could. But having that foundation, you have to have. I think that's the number one. Is you need to have a support system that's not only supportive, but it. They're supportive in the means of understanding. Very they need understanding. to understand what you what you You're need to very do. Understanding. Well, they both, yeah. but it has to go both ways. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's not just yeah. relationships. It's, it's it's trying to understand everything. Yeah. All the big picture, and yes. you're, you're just you're taking it all in instead of just trying to just delve into one thing. Yes. And and you're just like, oh wait, well, maybe this is the right. Maybe. Yeah. It's so it's wild. And, we, we're gonna have you on but, so many times. <laughs> I, I yeah, we'll do, it. we'll do it. Going back to to awareness, just being able to put yourself in her shoes and understand. Where she's coming from and yes. where you're coming from from yeah. your side. So yeah. expectations are they're well set. And communication obviously is huge and I mean if you talk to my wife she's gonna tell you that's you need to work on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not terrible at it, right? But but that's that was one of her pet peeves right off the bat and I understood that. But it is, I mean, incredibly vital. If you're not telling each other like what you're feeling or what you need, then it's not gonna just like miraculously manifest over there. You know, you need to like state what you need so there's like some some give and take but i think the other side of that though is the working out itself is such a good metaphor for i mean everything um and so when i'm at home with the kids and i'm you know on my last ounce of patience and i'm like bottoming out you know and I'm, it's almost funny you know because i'm like dude these two like basically infants are like taking me out but it's like <laughs> how can you go and do what you do in a workout and be that stressed and that manipulated and that that beaten and then you can't handle this. So it's like, but it's but it's two different but it's two different things. Oh, that's so great. It's two different things, but they're also the same. Yeah. 
it's different stress, but I try to understand that, like, you know, in my head, it's like, no one can put me through more stress than I put myself through. Or mm -hmm. the type of shit that I've done to myself, as far as, like, intensity or, like, trying to achieve something. It's like, I can sit there and do it, you know? So it's like, I'm always thinking about that, like, you need to be able to handle this. <laughs> this is fine. It's nothing. You're not sweating. You're not doubled over. Can't breathe. You're not... You know, it's that meme. They got the dog in the burning house. Everything's fine. Everything's, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's the Yeah, and you have, to have a, you have to have a positive mindset. I well, mean, and that, uh, that's part of your level two training is the grit. Yes. Teach people grit. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't get that. They yes. don't understand what the fuck grit is anymore. And grit's not even about like badassery or like, it's, look, it's a state of mind too. Yeah. Resilience. Exactly. Yeah, resilience is a better mental, way to put it. Mental toughness. You yeah. read that book, Grit? No. But I've, I've definitely been aware of it because all of his stuff, I forgot his name. Awesome. The pull-up guy. I love it. We're going to do this again. Yes. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome. Thank you, Rob. Let's, uh, yes, let's thank get you. a picture before we head out in the new shirts. Let's do it. Blue-collar fitness t-shirts. And uh, rep that swag. Hey, we'll have some uh, blue-collar fitness shirts available for you on the website coming up soon. Uh, look for those. We'll be dropping some giveaways on Instagram. You can follow Dave at... Dave.shop on Instagram. You can follow Connor at Mr. Connor Burton. You can follow Trevor at <laughs> T Chase Powers. You can follow Ooh. me at Josh Sarge Josh on Instagram. You can follow <laughs> Rob at Riggest One. R-I-G-G-E-S-T one. Alright, we love you guys. We're out. Oh. Bye.